Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rook with Randy Martinson, Martinson Ag, and we do have some mixed trade in both corn and livestock futures trade this morning. Uh, let's start off with the corn market, Randy. Uh, corn starting off a little higher, at least started higher, but it doesn't look like we're holding on to the gains. Um, you know, talk about why what you see as far as the trade here today. Do you think we're going to be able to hold on to gains even if soybeans end higher today? You know, I think it'll help. I mean, it'll spill over. I mean, if the soybeans can hold on to their gains, I think that'll help the corn market. We do have wheat pulling it down a little bit, but you yeah. know, you look at we've had good exports on on the corn market. It continues to put in new lows, but you know, the fact that we've got a two billion, two point three billion bushel ending stocks estimate is pretty daunting on the corn side, and that just continues to uh, the funds get reminded of that, and that's what just keeps them as being sellers of the corn market. But at some point, we're going to have to try to put some uncertainty or some premium back into this market just as we start our, our planting season. And with the funds as short as they are, I would expect at some point we'll start to see some fun short covering. But for right now, I think this market is going to waffle back and forth until, you know, maybe until we get done with the March contracts or at least get some of these March basis fix contracts out of the way, then maybe that could help free up this market. Yeah, and the funds obviously know that that's coming here at the end of, uh, or when we go into delivery anyways for those March contracts. We also have the Ag Outlook Forum, USDA providing new numbers out this week, and obviously there's some expectations for lower acreage, but if you put higher yield, you know, that kind of makes it a wash, doesn't it? It does. I mean, you start throwing in trendline yield, which is like, you know, up in the 182, three area, even with lower acres, we'd have to cut our acres by almost uh, five to six million before we start seeing a big dent in our ending stock assessment. And right now, nobody's anticipating that kind of cut in acres. Most are looking at a three, uh, you know, two to three million less acres for corn, which still puts our stocks pretty daunting when you look at the numbers. So from what the Aglout looks uh uh, information leak uh, in October told us, but yeah, we'll see on Thursday or Friday what they say. That certainly will help set the tone going forward. Uh, the other thing that we're watching is Brazil's second crop corn planting has actually gotten off to a really fast start, hasn't it? It has. Harvest is going quick for the soybeans. That they're getting the crop planted. You know, they are looking at good conditions to be able to move move forward with the crop. It's going to be interesting to see how many acres they plant. I know there has been some rumors coming out over the weekend about how some Brazilian officials are worried about Brazilian bankruptcies and how they're going to be able to make uh, you know, the contracts and make deliveries of the grain that they've got forward contracted. It's going to be interesting to see just where the corn acres fall here with that second crop. And soybeans are up this morning, as we mentioned. Do you think we're going to be able to hold? And are we just correcting our oversold status? Or is there something else that's driving the market? Well, right now, you, we've got to say that it's just correcting an oversold condition. We haven't seen anything big come into the market to give us any kind of major direction. So right now, I'd say it's just a, a small uh, bout of uh, short covering. Uh, we're trying to clean the market up a little bit. You know, soybeans, we've seen a little bit of sales taking place, but it's been nothing fantastic. We got, you know, China is on holiday this week uh, because of their new ho New Year holiday. We also have Brazil on holiday. Or, yeah, I think it's... Uh, uh, their carnival. So they're also seeing a little bit of a break. Maybe that would help encourage some demand to come to the U.S. And here as we go into the Ag Outlook Forum from USDA, we're actually looking for maybe a little bit of an increase in acres, aren't we? 
We are. You know, what we're going to lose in corn, we're expecting to pick up in the soybeans. And right now, the economies kind of justify more soybean acres. So we're expecting at least a three, maybe a four million increase in soybeans. And that's going to make the ending stocks estimate well over that 300, which is a little bit daunting. Now, the, the one thing, key thing to remember is that USDA is not going to see a big increase in soybean crush because they're going to wait for the event to happen before they, they don't anticipate the event. They wait till it's happened before they report it. Gotcha. Wheat market is down. Um, poor demand. You and I have talked about that. I feel like uh, we're broken. It's a broken record. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, we got poor demand. You know, you know, act, right now the production looks like it's going to be pretty decent. When you look at the winter wheat region, they've gotten good rains. The crop is in good shape. We'll see Texas's uh, crop condition ratings this afternoon again as they're reporting on a weekly basis. Pretty soon, a lot of the states will start reporting on a more consistent basis. But yeah, we got a good winter wheat crop. Exports have been slow. Uh, Russia continues to demand or command the market. And, you know, Ukraine came out with their numbers last week saying they're going to look at planting about the same amount of acres this year as they did last year. And I think that pressured the market a little bit, too. Okay. What about uh, the Minneapolis wheat contract, though? We have taken the carry out of the market, haven't we? We have. And it's kind of interesting. You know, now that's kind of an indication on the cash side. So we've taken the carry out. We've gone to, you know, very small carry into some of the deferred contracts. And we've also gone inverted between the March and the May contract. That is a sign that the market is selling us that they want the grain now. Now, it, basis levels are a little bit of more, a little more attractive as well. But I don't see a lot of producers selling a lot of uh, wheat right now because of where the price are at. But it's certainly starting to show an indication that maybe the marketplace is changing and showing that they do need to get some. And of course, all of the grains were lower for the week last week, and a lot of this has been, you know, the fund community continuing to press the short side of the market. You and I have talked about this before. But it's unusual for them to be this short this time of the year, isn't it? Oh, most definitely. And that's what's got everybody so surprised is that, you know, now we normally start building some uncertainty into the market, you know, some, you know, 24 plant concerns, uh, but we have none of that built into the market. And so the funds right now are holding the second largest short position on record. They're also holding the largest short position for this time of year uh, on record. So it, it shows that the funds are pretty comfortable with where our stocks are at. The fact that USDA increased them in the last report, I think kind of helped full, uh, feed that frenzy a little bit. And cattle market, um, as we speak, we are just a little bit higher in the live cattle, a little bit better gains in the feeders, but we've already seen two-sided trade this morning. And when you have the cash trade is sharply higher as we had last week or last Friday, Randy, wouldn't you expect to maybe have a little bit more of a exuberant buying in this market? <laughs> You would. I mean, yeah, especially, you know, since we're starting to see the Packers come to town and bid for the product. So that tells us that they're needing it and they want it to start getting, you know, prepared for the for their uh, busier season. So, yeah, it's a little disappointing that we're not seeing the market perform a little bit better. But you look at it, cattle are overbought. They've been tired. They made a, a little better than their 67% retracement, uh, the recovery from that losses from September to December. So, I think right now the market needs to see a little bit of cleaning, a little cleansing, and then maybe we can start to see it return and, and try to make, test those old highs again. Right, because we do have futures still at a premium to the cash. Um, the last time we had the big rally up into contract highs, we had the reverse. The cash kind of led the futures, didn't it? 
It did. And, you know, I think so. We should see some truing up in that market here right now. And, and you know, we've had, like I said, a good run. We've rallied for quite a while and it's not, it probably isn't a bad thing to see this market retrace here a little bit. I don't know. We're going to have to see how the economy is going to do, but with the S&P 500 setting all time highs, breaking above 5,000 end of last week, that tells us that the economy is doing fairly well. And that should help bring a base to the, to the price of meat. I was going to say, there's another reason why maybe the market's uh, a little bit disappointing in terms of its action, that and the sharply higher cash. Okay, let's end on the hog market. We have seen some two-sided trade. Um, last week, we had a lower weekly close. That market has been in correction mode. Do you continue to see that being the case or the trend? You know, I, I, I do. Um, hopefully, you know, that, you know, if the cattle are going to see a break, I think that's going to impact the hogs here a little bit. They seem to have been trading a little bit more in tandem now as of late. But, you know, when you, you know, go to the consumer and look at the grocery store, pork is pretty well, uh, is, is priced a lot more competitive. And I think that can help support the market long term. Yeah, that's a double edged sword. The lower cutout seems to be why we were down most of the week last week. Most definitely. And you're seeing that in the in the wholesale and the grocery stores. You bet. Thanks for joining us. Randy Martinson with Martinson Ag. That is Markets Now.